It's time for the second half on Main Street Sports today. Teresa Walker joins the show coming up talking Titans, Prez, Grizzlies, and more. Plus, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Now, back to the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer and Sports Writer of the Year, Mo Patton, and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yao. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today and to the Lee Company studio presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I am Chris Yao, joined by Mo Patton and J.P. Plant, the golden tones you hear at the beginning of each half of the show. Ba-ba-ba-bing. Ba-ba-ba-boom. I, I feel like... um. I feel like I could do some good Conway Twitty. Bum, bum, bum. You've got that voice today. I, I do. I feel like today would be the day. It's a little, little, little Conway. A little Conway. But yeah, just, just, know, just don't give out your location because all those uh, all those ladies would swoon right to uh, the front mm. porch and knock the door down. Make sure it's locked. Today. The swooning yeah. would not be a good idea. No, no, it would not. <laughs> no, it would not. No hey, swooning um, allowed. <clears throat> Moe was announced yesterday, I believe, that uh, North Carolina State Athletics Director Boo Corrigan will serve as the college football playoff selection committee chair, uh, and he'll replace Gary Barta, the Iowa AD. I, uh, is this a good idea to continue doing this with, with sitting ADs? I mean, these are guys who are getting death threats. I mean – when these when these rankings come out, they're the face of these things, and I mean, they have to go back to school. Well, I mean, as as, as I pointed off out, as I pointed out off air, there we go. Gotcha. Uh, there 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 shouldn't be any any conflict of interest for for Boo. Um, certainly not with his school, and possibly not with his conference. So I mean. Um, if you're looking for neutrality in that position, I think you kind of got it there. But I, um, I mean, to your point though, Chris, I mean, what are you looking for in that position if it's not a sitting athletics director at a university? I mean, wh- who are the type of people that we want on this committee, right? That's the question. Who are the type of people? Because when we first had this thing, like Condoleezza Rice was on there. And, you know, there were some really good committee members, but I, I just, I don't know who is the ideal committee member. Is it a former coach, a former player, a, a you know, athletics directors? I would, think a, I would think a former coach would be your perfect um, chairperson. But I mean, they're used to the dealing same, with media. They're, yeah, they're used to dealing with media. They're used to answering questions. Um, it, they recognize, you know, the the nuances of high level football. I'm I'm intrigued by the fact that this press release, Bill Hancock, executive director of the CFP, also announced that the management committee has appointed. Chet Gladchuk, athletics director at the U.S. Naval Academy. Jim Grobe, 
longtime head coach at Ohio University. Okay, Ohio University, Wake Forest, and Baylor. There we go. Never mind. I was I was about to go off on a rant. Um, Ward Manuel, athletics director at the University of Michigan, and Kelly Whiteside, longtime sports writer for USA Today, Sports Illustrated, and Newsday. So I'm I'm intrigued by the fact that they've got a media member involved with that. But um, it's it's interesting. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I guess it's positive for, you know, to have a media member in there. But I, I mean, what, it, it what seems do some of these people know about ranking college football teams based on how good they are? Well, I, I guess they know as much as anybody else. I mean, I, I, and, and I am... Um, over the last few days on various social media platforms, uh, I've seen some comments regarding the Titans and the second guessing of the Titans and that kind of thing. There are folks that just feel like only if you've coached or played, do you have a right to an opinion about sports? And, and it's a little bothersome as a non-coach, non-player, but someone who's watched a lot of it, you know, I mean, it's it's not brain surgery. It's not rocket science. Or as Bobby Johnson would say, it's not rocket surgery. That's right. It's not. So, yeah, um, I don't know. But. Um, uh, By the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, the new playoff committee chair is a Notre Dame grad. <laughs> Are we surprised? <laughs> it always comes back to Notre Dame, doesn't it? Every so, time. It so never it, fails. So it's not even the NC State affiliation that's the issue. <laughs> hold, hold on, guys. So a guy named Boo is a Notre Dame grad? That's, that's what they say. <laughs> you don't see that every day. No. Um, the first The first committee was chaired by Jeff Long. Who was he at Arkansas, Arkansas at that he time? Was, he was at Arkansas at the time. Okay. Um, so that answers your question about if the SEC had ever had a member. Mm-hmm. Archie Manning was on it. Um, Condoleezza Rice, Tyrone Willingham, Steve uh, Weiberg from USA Today. From USA Today was on it. So I, I guess they've had a media member every time. Um, well, it seems like maybe there's a rotating, um, yeah, they're, they're rotating the chair among the power five conferences, most likely in Notre Dame. Well, but it seems like they're rotating the memberships as well, because these new members are coming on for three-year terms, um, replacing Barta, Paola Boyvin, Charlie Cobb and Tyrone Willingham. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Who all? How many members of the selection committee are there? Uh, well, yeah. Let's let's Jeff Long, Oliver Luck, Archie Manning, Tom Osborne, Dan Radakovich, Radakovich, sure, Condoleezza Rice, Mike Trangisi mm-hmm. from Big East, Steve mm-hmm. Weiberg, Tyrone Willingham. So nine. 
kind of on the first committee. Kind of odd that you would have somebody from the Big East on a football committee. Well, I did. Well, I, I mean, I guess he was the former commissioner back when they, you know, had football. Had football. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Bobby Johnson because he actually was on the committee 2015. He was named to replace uh, Archie Manning. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, and then Jeff he knows Bauer. what good football looks like. Yeah, he watched the other team for a long time. Um, hey, now. <laughs> Sorry, JP. Got to get my little jabs in when I can. Uh, Jeff Bauer and Lloyd Carr were on it in 2016, up to, up until 19. So it, it does appear like they are kind of hoping to get some the coaches involved, some some mm-hmm. former coaches. So I guess that's a positive. I I just I guess. You know that was my question. Who is the who is the 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 perfect person? And I I mean I guess a coach is, but I I like the fact that they do have a media person and you know a, a random fan basically. I mean mm-hmm. they're high profile, but they're a fan. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the Condoleezza Rice. I don't know who that is now necessarily, but yeah, a a high profile fan like you said. So. Yeah, I, I just find it interesting. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Gosh, y'all. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough over here. I just find it interesting how, how they've how they've kind of gone about this and even more so that they that, that we can't get a um a consensus on uh expansion. So whatever. <laughs> anyway, let's talk to Teresa Walker. She may have better ideas. So we'll get to her on the other side talking Titans, Predators, and Grizzlies right after this. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. 
Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company. Call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Oh, I was like, "What is this on our bug?" But I see the live now. Cool, cool beans, JP. Nice, nicely done. Um, I'm the mo the little things. I saw this <laughs> random like red speck on my screen, and I thought it was like something I needed to get off of my screen, and then I realized what it was. JP's always new and improving stuff, man. Yeah, every day there's something different. Flexing over there, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I just want to uh, introduce you to your toes and make sure you still remember where they are. All right, we appreciate that. Um, not looking forward to this next segment per se because we have to revisit last Saturday's debacle in Nissan Stadium. Um, of course, we kind of brought this on ourselves. We did. We did. But, you know, it's never never a bad thing when we get a chance to talk to uh, Teresa Walker, who will join us now and looking forward to it. But uh, four hours ago, Mo, and maybe Teresa can give us some insight here. A.J. Brown tweets, I promise I will do better than Michael Jordan in baseball. And now I'm very scared. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, AJ's not leaving us, is he, to go play <laughs> d- baseball, is he? Because they're not playing. He he knows they're in a lockout, right? Is he gonna be one of the scabs? Uh I hadn't I hadn't seen the tweet. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah. Uh seems a little early to be starting negotiating. Uh, <laughs> you know, we do, I kind of expect them to want to re-sign him to, or you know sign him to an ex- extension. I mean, you know, he just set a playoff franchise record with 142 yards receiving. Um, and you know, considering how close he was to a thousand yard season, with you know having been on IR for three games and missing pieces of another a couple other games, uh, you know, he had a you know, people should not err on the side of thinking he did not follow up his Pro Bowl season well. But uh, uh, yeah, that that that's um, I, I'm going to find that tweet and figure out what's up, but that doesn't make a lot of sense because yes, uh, the M- M- Major League Baseball is on a lockout right now, and uh, you know they're putting their own spring training at risk. So uh, yeah, uh, no clue what AJ may be meaning with that. Well, let me let me um, try to enlighten or further muddy 
the situation. There is a website, sportskeeda, sportskeeda.com, that has something up on this. Um, A.J. Brown makes his intentions clear about playing in MLB. Um, this He had a tweet. He retweeted a post about Bo Jackson, and he said, sometimes I think about playing both sports again. At Padres, all I need is a workout. I still got it. And um, and so then I guess he followed up by with his, I promise I'd be better than Michael Jordan. But for those who may not know, apparently AJ was drafted by the Padres out of high school before he signed a football scholarship with Ole Miss. He um, so there's could there's you imagine that. Manny and. AJ Brown and Tatis and Ryan Weathers <laughs> drafted wow. in the 19th round of the 20 of the 2016 draft out of Starkville High School in Starkville, Mississippi. Huh? Who knew? Uh, I, I'll just say this: uh, you know, sometimes it's better to just stick with the sports that you've spent the last few years working on. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and here's the thing: you better be able to hit the curve. If you're going to try that, because we saw what happened to MJ when he tried that. In fact, I, I'm just working on something. And as a reminder, his baseball career went so swimmingly that uh, on March 18th, 1995, that's when he announced with the facts that he was back in his primary sport. So, um, yeah, you better be able to hit the curve. And, I mean, with his skills, could he play baseball? I mean, he's an incredible athlete. You know, watching the way he tracks down the football you know, I could easily see him playing outfield or whatever he wanted to do. That said, he is rather poised for a big payday in the coming months from the Tennessee Titans. Ain't no doubt. I think, though, working in his favor, Teresa, is he's only 24. He'll be 25 in June. I mean, if you're, if you're really wanting to entertain this possibility. I mean, he's not as far removed from having played at the high school level as Jordan was when he undertook his second career. So, you know, I wouldn't discount it. Like you said, he's a heck of an athlete and maybe he's just trying to gain a little negotiation leverage. Like we, like we said, so, but it's, it's, it's intriguing. And look, Mo and Chris, I'll say this, looking at the tweet that he responded to, which is from the great account, Super 70 Sports, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm just going to say that maybe he saw a tweet and tweeted a couple of things, mm -hmm. and we're already in the season for football, at least with this team, of trying <laughs> to divine the tight tea leaves and tweets to, you know, pull something out of the woodwork. Uh, I mean, until, you know, I, I'm not going to say, there's no smoke there. Uh, I, yeah. That's my my guess at this point. They call it the silly season, Twitter, right? Yeah. Yes, and it, it, you for know, good that's, reason. That's where mm -hmm. they're at. So, yeah. for good reasons, and and we're you know the, the, there's a lot of Titan fans in the silly season wanting to figure out. Well, let's go get Aaron Rodgers. Let's get Russell Wilson. And and guys, I'm actually working on a story uh, for next week as part of as we're looking at all the LA Super Bowls next week before you know in the off week before everything really cranks up to uh, you know they yank the knob off essentially for uh, the Super Bowl coverage the week after. 
And I, I talked to Terry Bradshaw yesterday for the story, and it was interesting. He told me he had a bad game, uh, three interceptions in that game. Uh, he also threw, you know, the key touchdown, 73-yarder to John Stallworth, but, you know, three interceptions, and yet he was named MVP because they did win the game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is picked off three times, and people are ready to just dip him on out of here. And I, I know there's a lot of anger, frustration, just the emotions are still swirling, even though it's now Wednesday, uh, and probably will swirl for a few more weeks, let's be honest. But, you know, I just can't see. I know that there's ways to make millions of dollars kind of disappear in the NFL with restructures or anything, but the deal that he, he restructured last year to help him get Julio Jones, and that those numbers, his cap figure, his salary number, the dead cap hit that they would take, the dead cap hit is over $50 million. Uh, I, I'm old enough to remember when in 2006, Steve McNair was going to count a quarter of the salary cap then. And Bud Adams said, stay away. Don't you come working out in our facility. I don't want to risk a dumbbell falling on your foot and us getting stuck with the tab for your salary this year. So, uh, you know, it's fun if you're playing fantasy football. Just don't expect it to happen in the real world. Well, you know, speaking of those three interceptions, I'm watching an NFL Films tweet right now where uh, Mike Hilton is on the sideline prior to the second of those three interceptions looking at the uh, tablet saying he's going to throw it and I'm going to catch it. And then of course, yeah, he threw he it. Said, he threw and it and he caught he it. Caught it. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what they call calling your shot, right? Well, and, and I mean, obviously we, we don't know this. We don't know whether it was, you know, a downing decision, a Tannehill decision, pre-snap or what, but, you know, it just goes back to feeling like this offense was very predictable at times this year. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw, you know, Mike Rabel, you know, moved quickly yesterday, clearing out like four assistant coaches, uh, assistants to assistants, most of them except for Jim Hazlitt, former head coach and inside linebackers coach. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, at what point does he, you know, sit down and look with, you know, look at the offense because, you know, and, and he said, you know, the belief is that injuries, you know, led to a big part of the challenges this year, right? Uh, before the injuries really started rolling, you know, before they lost Eric Henry, this offense was executing on par with where it was last year. I mean, you know, remember when they were rolling through that six-game winning streak and, you know, they were putting up a ton of points and the offense seemed to be clicking really well with the exception of that death game. Um, but, you know, and but that's the key is figuring out, you know, I've heard a lot of people who certainly know football better than I do saying that, you know, the, they didn't give a lot of help. You know, that, you know, the first interception, Jesse Bates, there was nobody running toward the middle of the field to, you know, help draw that safety away from Julio Jones. And instead he jumped that pass reading, you know, Tanny Hill tipped it. You know, he, he showed he was going toward Julio and they jumped it. So, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the challenge is figuring out. And Mike Vrabel, I've had people say, message me on Twitter saying, well, does Vrabel even know what he's talking about on offense? He's a defensive guy. And it's like, when you play 14 years as a linebacker in the NFL, I'm pretty sure you can watch tape and figure out when you know what you're looking at. You have to defend it, people. That doesn't mean you're completely out of the loop on how an offense operates 
And, you know, he's been here now three other seasons. So he saw how this offense was operating under Arthur Smith. And, and, and as good as it was last year, you know, it really took off once they got Ryan Tannehill in the lineup in mid-October of 2019. Uh, so he can see what it was then, see what it, you know, what happened this year and, and should be able to evaluate the differences and is Todd Downing the guy to blame? I mean, you know, it, it's easy to look and say it could have, should have been better. Um, and, you know, guess what? Mike Rabel's the one who, you know, he's going to have to make that decision. He said that Todd Downing's a great coach, a hard worker, communicates well. Uh, the one thing he didn't quite say, if I'm forgetting it, was that, you know, he just he's just a great schemer. So, you know, maybe maybe this is something that they decide we'll work on it and try to see what goes on further this year, just get more talent. He did say that they have to be great around Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, guess what? This franchise never addressed uh, tight end last year. Now, I'm sorry, Anthony Ferkser, banking on him being your number one, it, that, 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 that busted. And, you know, you, you got what you got out of him and Jeff Plain. Uh, you didn't accurately and, you know, properly replace Johnny Smith. And then on the receiving core, guys, you know, when Julio and A.J. Brown were on IR, that, you know, and then the other injuries, Marcus Johnson, they were stuck, you know, starting an undrafted receiver out of Indiana, Indiana Nick Westbrook-Akina, and promoting a guy from the practice squad and Cody Hollister to start in New England. So that, to me, also points out that they didn't build their depth at wide receiver enough as well. I mean, what did we see so much out of the weekend? You know, Josh Allen, you know, they, they were, the, the Chiefs were taking away Stephon Diggs. Well, he finds Gabriel Davis for four touchdowns, right? Um, the Chiefs, they've got Tyreek Hill. They've got Pringle. They've got Kelsey, you know, so it's like they've got, you've got to have weapons. You know, it, it's nice that this is a running team that ran the ball more than any NFL team this last year. And, you know, they managed to bring fifth in rushing, but that rushing game, struggled at the points where they absolutely needed it uh, on Saturday. And, you know, the, the turnovers were just, you know, they couldn't overcome them. Turnovers, obviously the biggest issue, but this defense was phenomenal. And I uh, just want to get your quick thoughts on, you know, how impressed you and others were with how great this defense played on Saturday. Oh, it was amazing. And, I mean, nine sacks to tie a postseason uh, single-game record. Jeffrey Simmons, three sacks. I mean, you know, this is a guy that if he's not Pro Bowl next year, all-pro. I mean, he was second-team all-pro. I think he was tied with Chris Jones with, ten, you know, ten votes. But, I mean, you know, Kevin Byard, Christian Fulton will have another season to to build and, and improve on his year. You hopefully get Caleb Farley back. You, you know... A year ago, it was kind of like, well, wait a minute, what are you doing with Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans? Remember, they didn't pick up Rashawn Evans' fifth-year option, and now what they've got is David Long steps up and take, just grabs one of the starting positions on the inside at linebacker, and then, oh, you pick up Zach Cunningham off waivers. So, you know, they, they, they upgraded that part of the, the area. The biggest question on defense this offseason is going to be, do they, can they re-sign Harold Landry coming off a career-high 12 sacks? And, oh, yeah, he's now going to the Pro Bowl as an injury replacement for uh, Joey Bosa. So, um, you know, that price tag is going to be pricey. So, and, and I think there's like 31 players that are going to be hitting free agency for this franchise. So uh, John Robinson and his, his staff are going to be very busy.
No question there. No question. They are, are they are going to have a lot of discussions to over the next few weeks and, and getting ready for the draft as well. Uh, so looking forward to it. Teresa Walker, AP Tennessee sports editor. Um, sad we couldn't get too much into the Preds today, but uh, we will certainly do that later this week with Pete Weber. But they are looking really good right now. So uh, at least there's, you know, some positives in, in your world, Teresa. Oh, absolutely. The Memphis Grizzlies are, have the third best yeah. record in the NBA. Um, Don Morant probably going to be named an all-star. I mean, it'd be stunning at this point. And then lastly, you know, I, my world is looking good. You know, two weeks from tomorrow, I leave for L.A. to help cover the Super Bowl. Well, L.A. should be fun. It might be a home game. That'll right. be interesting. So, Teresa, we appreciate your time, as always. Thank you, It will be what? It will be what? The most exci- the most fun you've ever had covering a, a, a football game? Is that what you said? <laughs> no? Okay. Teresa Walker is awesome. We appreciate her every time we can get her. She is simply the best. We have Wild and Wacky coming up, Mo. Which means I get to give you the weirdest and wildest stories that I can come up with. And we get to laugh about them and talk about how ridiculous people in the world are. So I'm looking forward to a Florida man entry. So. I'm not sure if we we've got a Texas woman, which may be worse. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you don't right. stick around for this one. I will. That's wild and wacky Wednesday on Main Street Sports today. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. 
We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today. Got a few minutes left here. There is a great story that is coming out because Jamar Chase apparently has uh, let it be known that Les Miles told him he couldn't play receiver. And a couple of years ago, Larry Holder of The Athletic wrote this story. And this is incredible because when Les Miles was at LSU, he was recruiting Jamar Chase, right? Recruits him as a cornerback, says you can't play receiver. You're not good enough to play receiver in the SEC. All right? So, one, there's that. (laughs) Two, do you know where Jamar Chase originally committed to play football? <laughs> I Would don't you, know. Do you have a I'm guess? Sure. Huh? Somewhere east of here. I, I, I'm th- I'm guessing somewhere east of here, about three hours or so. No. Oh, Kansas, where he would have ironically ended up playing for less miles. miles. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my second guess. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So he ended up going to LSU after Les Miles was uh, let go, and Ed Orgeron comes in. So he uh, he ended up going to LSU, and that's how he got to LSU. But I thought that was amazing that you know Les Miles told him you're not good enough to play wide receiver at LSU. So and and all he did was play for a national championship and and win one and be one of the best wide receivers in college football and in the pros and in the nfl yeah yeah Um, nice miss there less yeah well boy when he when he misses he misses big clearly no question all right let's get into wild and wacky news the weirdest and wildest news from across the world or just texas um this may be one of the more interesting things I've ever seen because I'm just not sure. I, like, I don't know if, if this is legit. I, I, Rebecca Taylor, a 49 year old woman uh, in Crockett, Texas, allegedly offered a stranger $500,000 to purchase her baby in the checkout line at Walmart. While in the checkout line. Yes. Okay. A, For how much again? Five hundred thousand. Um, half a million dollars. Five hundred thousand dollars. And okay. apparently, she started. She started low. She started with a quarter million, and then the mother refused the offer. So she was like, "Well, how about half a million? And then she allegedly threatened to take the infant, according to Harris County Sheriff's Office. <laughs> Uh, she's like, well, you won't take for half a million. I'll just take the baby then. Mm. Um, she's in, uh, currently, <laughs> right. 
it reminds me of the scene from The Hangover with Ken Jeong. Yeah. It's like, I, take I, I, it. Yeah, tries. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's something right there. I mm. mean, she was released on a $50,000 bond uh, mm. after being charged with a third-degree felony. Uh, apparently, it is an actual crime to uh, be charged with the sale or purchase of a child. Now, she didn't actually purchase the child, so I'm not sure so. if I'm not sure if it's like you know other things where you know solicitation of the sale is also a crime, or the attempt, or the attempt. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know if you actually have to go through with it to be. I, well, apparently you don't. Well, I, I mean, you can be arrested, but I, I I don't know if, you know, perhaps a, a good attorney, one that might cost $500,000, could get her off. <laughs> I mean, if I'm an attorney, that's how much I'm charging. I know you got the money. Clearly. We've already established that, yeah. Yeah. My retainer is going to be pretty high on that one. Or at least you think you can get it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man, poor Rebecca. Poor Rebecca. Mm. Um, So we've talked on this show about mashed potatoes before. <laughs> and I don't know how we always end up with some mashed potato content. This may be this may just be the show for mashed potato content. Premium mashed potato content right here on Main Street Sports today. Uh, when you're looking for mashed potatoes, <laughs> look no further. We've, we've got the, yeah, we've we've got your masher right here. So to, before you say this is a a wee thing with mashed potatoes, you're the one that has the story. So there may be something with you and mashed potatoes, Chris. It just so happens just that that yeah. apparently mashed potatoes end up being. Um, they draw your eye. They, they, they draw something because two female inmates at a German prison have been served a hefty fine for a brawl that began with a food fight. Okay. And of course, it began with mashed potatoes. potatoes. That's right. A court in uh, Osberg sentenced one defendant to pay a fine of 2,700 euros, which is like three grand. Uh, and the other received 1,800 euros, which is two grand. And if they fail to pay, the women could spend another 180. This is a poorly worded here. Another 180 or 120 days behind bars. Where are they supposed to get the money? Uh, I, I this is a great question. I, I don't know, but uh, and selling cigarettes in the in the pen. I don't know. They sell got, a lot of them. I yeah. would think. <laughs> they were they were throwing uh, mashed potatoes at one another following a disagreement, and you know. If they can't come up with the money, I guess they'll probably just have to stew behind bars for a little while. I wonder, was it like an animal house where uh, instead of throwing it, you uh, put it in your mouth and blow your cheeks together and it projectiles out? Maybe. Like a zit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Look, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. I, I, I've never had to, uh, <clears throat> to, to be in a food fight. With mashed potatoes, so well, you know the the Germans did bomb Pearl Harbor, Harbor. and in this right. German prison, so maybe that's <laughs> wasn't over. Don't stop him; he's on a roll. Yep, he's, he's on. on a roll. <laughs> Speaking of on a roll, uh, you know, 
I'm, you can't imagine it, but you know, baby elephants, pretty big, right? I mean, elephants in general are big. <laughs> did you, you know that? Did you know that elephants can have twins? I never think, really thought about it. You're I think exactly. uh, Bora, the mother of rare twin elephants, uh, is probably upset about the idea. If I had to guess. Only 1% of births uh, result in twin elephants. So um, this is really interesting. Like I, 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 I'm sitting here thinking like an elephant in and of itself, an elephant baby is probably still pretty big. And then you're going to tell me I got two in there. Two? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, mm. Thank you though. Oh. I appreciate it. I just, I don't really have, I don't, uh, I mean, Look, the animal content here is 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 twin elephants. But have you seen the the monkeys that are like running around Pennsylvania? They're still trying to catch them. I thought they caught them all. Did they finally catch them all? I think Gotta so. catch them what all. Kind of monkeys. Look, I don't mean to primate, but you know, I'm not really sure what kind of monkeys they were. You're stretching that for thing. <laughs> stretching hard. Yeah. No bell. No. No bell. No. All I know is too much uh, planning went into that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he set that one up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't set up your puns. <laughs> I mean, you can. You just got to sound a little better than that. It, it was. I didn't really have enough time because only like ten seconds left. So it is what it is. That's wild and wacky Wednesday, and weirdest and wildest news from across the world. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Main Street Sports today. We'll be back tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel for Mo and JP. I am Chris Yowsing. Have a great day and come on back.